Grace and peace to you this morning. What a joy it is to be together. As we gather for worship, I invite you to take two or three deep breaths. Just a chance to center ourselves in this place and in this space. Let us now prepare our hearts and minds to worship God. Standing or sitting, please join me in the call to worship. Praise be to God. Praise to God, who is God of great and small. Praise to God, who is God of weak and strong. Praise to God, who is God of one and all. Praise be to God. may be seated. Welcome. Welcome to worship at Westminster. It is good to be together in worship. If you're visiting with us, an extra special welcome to you. 
I do want to invite you after worship out to our patio area. We have coffee and tea and, of course, the donut holes. Don't want to miss those. Um, and especially a chance for conversation. So please do join us afterwards. Our summer of guest preachers continues today. Not that I'm playing favorites, but... <laughs> This guest preacher might be my favorite. We welcome the Reverend Gene Nelson as our guest preacher this morning. Wow. You're already getting applause before you've said a word. It's pretty amazing. He also... Downhill from here. He, uh, he, you can read his bio in the uh, bulletin. He also happens to be my dad, in addition to our guest preacher. And then if you're visiting with us, our lay reader, our lector this morning, is my son. He heard that my dad was coming today, and it's actually his idea to be the lector today. So you've got three generations up here. Who knows what may happen? I don't know. Uh, just a couple other things as I welcome you, um, especially if you're a young person in our back corner, we are introducing today what we're calling our liturgical library, all kinds of stuff that you're welcome to check out. Oh, you've already got something there, one of Moses's tablets, excellent. Um, but you're welcome to check it out, all kinds of things to use during worship, um, use them and put them back um, when you're done and then use something else the following week. We say it's for kids, but not necessarily, anyone can check it out back there, so please feel free to make use of that. Uh, finally, if you're someone who likes to plan ahead, um, our closing hymn number is incorrect in the bulletin. Um, I'll announce it at the end too, but again, like if you like to plan ahead, it's 318. Again, don't panic. I'll announce it right before we sing it. Um, but um, if you're looking at 498 and you're like, hmm, I feel like we sang that song last week. You're right, we did. So we're not going to sing it twice. All right, with that, I invite us to join together in our community prayer. Let us pray. Creator God, you created us to be whole people, yet we have become fragmented and broken. We have been broken by false promises, lost relationships, shattered trust. We have become fragmented by building up walls rather than lending hands. Forgive us when we have done the breaking and heal us where we have been hurt. Let your light shine through our cracks and scars so that we might bring light to the world, showing that in you we are made whole. In you we find healing. In you we find renewed life. Help us to forgive, to love, to mend. Our prayers continue in quiet. Amen. Friends, live in the grace of God's love as we walk together in the way of Jesus Christ, knowing that in Christ we are forgiven, we are made new, we are set free. Thanks be to God. Amen. And now as we continue with our time of prayer, this is the time where you are invited to share what's on your heart and mind today. It's a chance for us to be in prayer together. So just raise your hand and let me know. Yes. That's right. You all got to go see a family show on Friday. Fun. Yes. Yes. My goodness, the joy just keeps coming. You got to see a show last Friday and a sleepover this coming Friday. That's wonderful. Joe, did I see your hand? Yeah. Oh my. 
So Jo has uh, two things. First is son, her son Max, who has a bone infection that's going to require multiple surgeries um, and lots of discomfort, it sounds like, over the coming year. Um, and then I've already forgotten the gallbladder brother-in-law <laughs> who um, has a gallbladder issue is also being tested for cancer. So prayers for you and your family. Yeah. Elka, yeah. Absolutely. So Elka and Scott moving both, each moving parents into assisted living and skilled nursing recently. So prayers for you all. Yeah. Tammy. Absolutely. So Tammy's lifting prayers for Lisa Bartschott and Stefan, who's right here. Uh, Lisa, who was diagnosed with cancer, but who got some good news this past week about some of the markers and will be able to start treatment very soon. Yeah, Gwen. Yes, yeah, so we have um, three of the women of our congregation who are participating in the Women's Curcio Weekend um, over at the seminary in San Anselmo, so we certainly hold all of them in our prayers. Absolutely. Ellen. So prayers for uh, cousin and aunt. Um, Ellen's uncle died this past week, and then her cousin and aunt also have COVID right now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Joan. Yes. Absolutely. So brother-in-law George, who is having very delicate surgery tomorrow on some gross on his neck that are connected to very important parts of his body. So prayers for him. Absolutely. Yeah, Rebecca. Wonderful. Uh, so Rebecca and family uh, got to take a trip to see relatives that it sounds like you some you kids hadn't even met before. True. Yeah. Hadn't even met before. So just the joy of those family relationships. Yeah. Clark. Yes. Prayers of concern. We have lots of extreme weather happening right now. So prayers for that. Absolutely. Yeah. Jeff. Yeah, prayers for Elaine, a very regular attender here in worship, one of our youth leaders um, who has injured her knee, um, which will be able to be medically prepared, but Jeff repaired, but Jeff is specifically sounds like praying for patients during the recovery process for Elaine. Yeah, Mary Beth.
Amen, Mary Beth, lifting up a prayer of gratitude for our medical professionals. Her sister um, had three different diagnoses that required her to be in the hospital and is now on the road to recovery. And I'll add a prayer for Bruce Nelson, who has also been hospitalized, um, was able to go home over the weekend. So he's doing much better. Very grateful to all of you for your healing prayers for him. Yeah, Barb. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Barb giving thanks for a couple of hikes we've done as a church community this past week. Um, what a joy it is to be able to get out in creation, right? Let's take just a few moments of quiet, and then I'll lead us in the Lord's Prayer. So let us be in prayer together. Gracious God, you hear our prayers and we give you thanks. And hear us now as together we share the prayer that your son taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we
Amen. This is the third Sunday of the month, which means it is our birthday blessing Sunday. So if you have a birthday in July, or maybe if you missed a blessing in a previous month, come on forward. Right here is good. Perfect. Turn around so everyone can see you and wish you a happy birthday. So often for the birthday blessing, we like to share a poem. Um, and I, my attention this past week was captured by something called Letters from Two Gardens. I don't know if anyone has heard of it. But basically, it's two poets who basically wrote poetry back and forth to one another for each season. Uh, the first one has a last name that I cannot pronounce, but here's my attempt, okay? Amy Nesukumatalthil. And then the second one is Ross Gay. I can pronounce that one. Okay, so Ross Gay um, wrote this about summer. Some days I catch glimpse of the hurdy-gurdy path I make through this garden. Oh, the gooseberries aglow. Oh, the lemon balm tufting up. Oh, wasps swilling the golden florets of bolted kale. And good Lord, the strawberry flowers. Can you feel his joy? Oh my gosh, just walking through the hurdy-gurdy path he makes through his garden just fills him with this delight. I can feel it from the words on the page. And my prayer for you, my blessing for you on your birthday is that you are able to walk through this coming year with that same delight. Maybe not 100% of the time, but find those moments of just utter delight. May that be so this coming year. And happy birthday to each one of you. You all may be seated, and I'd like to invite the children who are worshiping with us to join me here at the front. Also, any of our mission trip, youth mission trip participants who happen to be here with us, I'm going to invite you all to the front as well. Have a seat right there. one two three so we're gonna try my mic no we're not all right i'll just stand back here <laughs> so those of you know we go to san diego every year this year is a uh kind of a melancholy feeling i guess you might say because it's our last trip some of you susan you even came with us the first time we went back in 2017 and What's exciting for all of you is one day you're going to get to stand here like these amazing, beautiful people. You're going to get to be them someday and go on a road trip with your friends, eating lots of healthy, nutritious food in the minivans, uh, sleeping in really nice conditions at a church. But no, really, we are going to have an amazing adventure this week. We're going to be sleeping on floors. We'll be showering at the YMCA. And we will get to be working with a lot of different really cool groups. Not sold. You haven't earned it yet, young man. Uh, but yeah, some of the things we do, we'll, we split into different teams every year. We do a variety of service projects. Uh, we really go with the heart of asking the people who are there, what do you need us to do? And one of the great things about going back over and over again is they know we already know what we're doing. So some of the places that we're returning to, there is an equine therapy ranch. Do any of you know what that is? You do, Henry? Yeah, we're going to go 
Henry might get to pet horses. We're going to go to a ranch where there are horses, camels, lots of different animals, and they help children in need with these animals. It's really fascinating. But we'll be working on the ranch. Some of us will be at a food bank that serves, what was it, 200,000 people a month? 200,000 sets of groceries a month at the San Diego Food Bank. I think it's the largest in the country. And we'll be at some really tiny sort of food banks in some neighborhood community service places where they give food and clothing to people who need it. And there will be lots of late night boba runs, late night runs to get ice cream, hikes to the border. And this year, the last thing I'll end with is all the friends we've made over the years, people that we've gotten to know, um, we get to share and process the goodbye of all the years of ministry with them and hear from one of them every night. So the pastor's church we've stayed at over the years, the family we met, oh, I'm sorry. We met a family that lived in their minivan when we first met them and now they have stable housing in small part to some of the help our youth had throughout the year uh, working with them. And pastors we've met who were in, in the executive world and so we are going to get to see and say goodbye and say I love you to a lot of amazing people. We're going to have an amazing time. And one day, if you're lucky, you'll get to stand here on this stage and do that with us. So, so this group and a few more, thank you for being here. We have a few who are out of town today, are actually leaving next Sunday. But they're leaving so early in the morning that they're going to be far down the road by the time we're worshiping next week. So what we're doing today is we're commissioning them. We're commissioning them, which means we're sending them off, promising to pray for them next week as they do their work. So I have a few questions for them, and then I have a question for all of you as we promise to send them with our love and our prayers. So for you all, mission team members, are you ready and willing to be open to new neighbors, new experiences, as you go out to serve in Jesus' name? So please respond, I am. Will you accept God's call to serve while on this trip? Will you serve with energy, creativity, openness, grace, love? If so, please say, I will. All right, and now question for you and all of you. Will we support these servants of God and will we pray for them next week as they represent us while serving? If so, please respond, we will. We will. Let, us, let us pray. Guiding and loving God, empower these mission team members to be your hands and feet in San Diego. By their actions and words, make them witnesses of your great love for all of your beloved children. Protect them, teach them, support them as they take this next step in their own journey to becoming the servant people you call them to be. Fill them with the Holy Spirit, enable them to do their tasks faithfully and joyfully. Bring them safely home and then let their experience further enrich us so that we too may follow your call to serving our community in the love of Christ. Amen. Thank you all. We look forward to hearing your stories when you return. And you all are going to go with Wilson and Anna to Sunday school. Go now in peace. Go now. Our first scripture reading this morning is from Paul's letter to the Galatians. Listen for how the Spirit speaks to you through these words. Now before faith came, we were imprisoned and guarded under the law until faith would be revealed. Therefore, the law was our disciplinarian until Christ came, so that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer subject to a disciplinarian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. As many of you as were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is no longer Jew or Greek. There is no longer slave or free. There is no longer male and female. For all of you are one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs to the promise. This is holy wisdom, holy word. 
Thanks be to God. Just a hint, there's a timer here. Uh, <laughs> that doesn't seem very welcoming. I... <laughs> Well, it's great to be here. I haven't been here for a while, actually, but it's always nice to be with you and always to give you thanks for how lovingly you have embraced Bethany and her family over all these years. And um, thank you for the invitation, Dr. Nelson. I, Dr. Nelson, I guess that blows the whole I've taught her everything she knows line from now on. <laughs> and I wish the mission trip well. I... Um, I know Ben must really be looking forward to it because you don't, you don't usually use the word Ben and getting up early in the morning in the same sentence. So I, I hope you have a great trip. <laughs> but again, thank you for the invitation. It is, a, it, is, it is an honor and a joy to be with you. Our gospel text from the Gospel of John today is the 17th chapter. It's really... the Jesus last night with his disciples, and in John, it's a little different. He washes the disciples' feet, as you know. Then he has some more teachings, and then he launches into a lengthy prayer. And in chapter 17, beginning with the first verse, we have the beginning of his uh, closing prayer in the Gospel of John. After Jesus had spoken these words, he looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, so that the Son may glorify you. Since you have given him authority over all people, to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. So now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had in your presence before the world existed. I have made your name known to those whom you gave me from the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you. For the words that you gave to me I have given to them, and they now have received them, and know in truth that I came from you, and that they have believed that you sent me. I am asking on their behalf. I am not asking on behalf of the world, but on behalf of those whom you gave me, because they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I have been glorified in them. And now I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, And I'm coming to you, Holy Father. Protect them in your name that you have given me, so that they may be one as we are one. May God bless this reading and hearing of this holy word. A few months ago, in our local Sonoma County newspaper, the Press Democrat, there was a column by David Brooks. You may have seen it. In that column, he wrote about, in his words, the battle for the soul of America. In that column, he spent some time reflecting on the idea of a soul, something you often read about in the daily newspaper. <laughs> Acknowledging that theology is not really his department, he spoke of soul as a moral essence. In his words, the soul is the name we can give to that part of our consciousness where moral life takes place. The soul is the place from where our moral sentiments flow, the emotions that make us feel admiration at the sight of generosity and disgust at the sight of cruelty. It is the place where our moral yearnings come from, too. And because we have souls... We are morally responsible for what we do. Because we have souls, each one of us is of infinite value and dignity. Because we have souls, each one of us is equal to all the others. We are not equal in physical strength or IQ or net worth, 
but we are radically equal at the level of who we essentially are. Now, Brooks chose to write this column because he believes that in our nation, we are in a very dangerous time, a time when our nation's soul, its very moral essence, is under grave threat. A time when a steady out downpour of lies, transgressions, dishonesty, cruelty, and demoralizing behavior are corroding the souls of individuals and indeed of our nation. And so Brooks asks, what is it going to be for us? The soul's elevation or its degradation? Now, interestingly, I read this column on the very same day that the governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, with casual cruelty and insensitivity, referred to the family, five members of whom had been murdered by an angry neighbor with an AR-15, as illegal immigrants. Now talk about a soul-less comment. They were no longer precious and unique individuals who had been savagely murdered whose surviving family members were now lost in grief. No, before he had spoken for five minutes, he had robbed them of their humanity, had turned these grieving people into a group, a them, a label, illegals, objects to be denigrated more than mourned, stereotyped more than loved, merely pawns to be used in some mean-spirited political game. Now I know that Governor Abbott and many of his followers proudly identify themselves as Christians. And so I found myself wondering, hmm, I wonder what Jesus would be saying about now. I wonder what the Apostle Paul would say. Where do you suppose we would find them in the story that tragic story of that family. I think we know. Many years ago, during the murderous civil war that tore apart the former Yugoslavia, I came across this news article. A reporter covering the war in Sarajevo witnessed a young girl walking right in front of him get shot and severely wounded by a sniper. Before the reporter could react, a man appeared, scooped up the girl, and pleaded with the reporter to drive them to the hospital. Without hesitating, he loaded them into the back of his car and began to drive. After a minute or two, the man in the back seat said, please hurry, she's still living. The reporter drove on. A few minutes later, a voice came from the back seat, please hurry, my little girl is still breathing. The reporter sped on. Yet a few minutes later, the man said, hurry, my little girl is still warm. Finally, they pulled up to the hospital, but tragically, she was pronounced dead. The reporter and the man went into a restroom to wash the girl's blood from their hands. Now comes the hardest part, said the man. What is that, asked the reporter. He said, now I have to go and find that little girl's parents and tell them she is dead. The reporter was stunned. But I thought you were her father. Aren't they all our children? The man replied. No boundaries, no categories, just our children. I mean, wasn't that devastated family in Texas and so many families have been devastated by violence? Aren't they all our family, regardless of their immigration status or anything else? Where was Paul in that story? Where was Paul with that family? There's no longer Jew or Greek. There's no longer slave or free. There's no longer male or female. For all of you are one in Christ Jesus. Paul was there in that home, grieving with them. 
And Jesus was there too. All mine are yours, and yours are mine. Holy Father, protect them in your name so that they may be one as we are one. Again, no categories, no walls, no divisions, us versus them, just us, all one in God's eyes. All these divisions, prejudices, boundaries, barriers, resentments that we use to divide us from each other simply do not exist. You might call it God's new math. One plus one plus one plus one equals, well, one. And I believe it is this vision, this affirmation that we truly are one that can elevate the soul, can strengthen our moral essence, even in the face of so many challenges, so many angry, divisive, and violent voices that would want to degrade it. I once heard it said that both Jesus and Paul were true mystics, men who had a direct experience of the holy who looked out upon the world as broken and angry as it was, as broken and angry as it is, and could still see a new reality, a new creation already taking shape. Certainly Paul had experienced this in his own life. Author and social commentator Neil Postman has written often about the power exerted by advertising and image over our public discourse. And so, no doubt, with tongue firmly in cheek, he once wrote, Someday soon, an advertising man who must create a television commercial for a new California Chardonnay will have the following inspiration. Jesus is standing alone in a desert oasis. A gentle breeze flutters the fronds of a nearby palm tree. Gentle Middle Eastern music is in the background, caresses the air. Jesus holds a bottle of wine at which he is gazing adoringly. Turning toward the camera then with the wine bottle, he says, now, when I transformed water into wine at Cana, this is what I had in mind. (laughs) Try it today. You'll become a true believer. All right, maybe just a little over the top. I don't know. Um, And yet I tell you, that kind of Jesus would certainly be easy to preach. A friendly guy who panders to our every need, who asks little of us, expects nothing other than that we are content and happy. I mean, who wouldn't want to sit on the back porch and share a glass of wine with a guy like that? Unfortunately, however, or fortunately, this wasn't the Jesus encountered by Paul. No, rather than finding peace and contentment, Paul found himself in a battle for his soul. After his encounter with the risen Christ on that road to Damascus, he found his life moving in new and rather startling directions. This man, who had once persecuted those who were different from him, whose heart, whose soul was filled with hatred, prejudice, and stereotypes, now now found himself caring for people who no one else really liked very much. He found himself pushing against the artificial divisions and barriers and categories that divided people and which society seemed to take for granted. After encountering encountering this Jesus, he found himself valuing every human life, treasuring people, whether or not they were rich or poor, young or old, educated, uneducated, Gentile or Jew. He began seeing in every face he encountered something of the face of God. People created in God's image. And he simply could no longer stand it when they were hurt or oppressed or sick or when they hurt each other. 
And so he insisted, as did Jesus, we're all one, God's children. And we must begin living that way or we will have no life at all. Will it be moral degradation or moral elevation? A story from the early days of the AIDS epidemic, actually shared by a minister. I was in a church where the preacher that morning was fulminating in a sermon against moral decay in America. As an example of our national moral decay, he used the AIDS epidemic. Today, that preacher, as sadly many do, might instead use trans youth and their families, or uh, illegal aliens, illegal immigrants, rather, or perhaps even women seeking an abortion. But back to the story. That minister that morning insisted that the people with AIDS were getting just what they deserved. They'd brought it on themselves, God's punishment. Storyteller continues, after the service on my way out, I struck up a conversation with an older man, a longtime member of that church. He spoke about the sermon. He said, you know, I used to think just like our preacher. Then I got involved in our town's home for AIDS victims. I go there every week to be with these young men. Most of them have been all but forgotten by their families. I do what I can, but to tell you the truth, I get much more out of them than I give. It's done wonders for my prayer life. Talk about claiming or reclaiming one's moral essence. No slave or free. Jew or Gentile, Christian or Muslim, gay or straight, black or white, legal or illegal, just us. No categories, no walls, just us. Equal members in the great family of God. I mean, is this vision too much to hope for? When so many people have been influenced by, blinded by, beaten down by, again, what Brooks calls a steady downpour of lies, transgressions, demoralizing behavior. I mean, we see and read about it every day. People whose lives have become dominated by fear, anger, bitterness. People who seem to find concepts such as forgiveness, hospitality, loving the other as more threat than promise. And how quickly that fear and anger, as we've seen, becomes expressed in unspeakable violence. that they may be one. Quite a vision, quite a challenge. And Jesus makes it quite clear in his prayer that this oneness really isn't about us as much as it is about God. It is God who's chosen to bring us together. God who calls us to recognize and share in a common sense of hope and purpose despite all our rough edges. So the question becomes, are we going to hunker down behind our safe and secure boundaries, assumptions, categories, and fears, or are we going to reclaim our moral essence and allow Paul and that pesky Jesus of Nazareth to prod us, to give us a broader vision, to take the risk of stepping out into the wildness of God's open and abundant love and mercy. You see, there really is a unique story hidden in every person, I suppose in every living thing. But the only way we can discover those stories is through our own participation and presence, paying attention, taking the time to listen, taking the great risk to care. As Martin Luther King Jr. once said, the question is not whether or not we will be an extremist, but what kind of an extremist we will be. Will we be an extremist for fear 
or will we be an extremist for love?
You may be seated. I do invite you to take a look at the back of your bulletin, lists a bunch of our upcoming activities and events. Uh, two to highlight for you today. First, if you're thinking about joining us in September for our Tahoe pilgrimage, we need to let the retreat center know our idea of registration and numbers. So we are asking for the registration form and deposit by this Friday, July 21st. If you're interested in the trip, can't get that by Friday, just send me a quick message and let me know you're interested so we can get a sense of registration. Um, last week, there was an informational sheet out in the Narthex. This week, there's an informational sheet with the registration form on the back. So if you want to pick up one of those, you're welcome. To. The second thing to highlight is our skills and interests survey. Uh, we put this out initially last summer and many of you filled it out. Many of you didn't get the opportunity, so we've got it out again. It's just a way to let us on the staff know what your gifts and talents and interests are. So there's some copies also in the Narthex. Um, if you get the e-news, you can also just click on the link in the e-news and fill it out right online. Um, if you don't get the e-news and would like to, let me know and I can get you signed up. All right, so as I mentioned, the closing hymn number is 318. Get that down, 318. So I invite you standing or sitting to join in singing together. Well, again, thank you for this opportunity to share with you and to have people I know so close by today. It's always a blessing to be able to spend time with you. And now as we go forward into a new week, truly may our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ be before us, to guide us, above us, to protect us, behind us, to forgive us, and with us, to bless us. Amen. <laughs>